0: We are so thrilled to have you joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We welcome you and we're believing God for answers for your life. Amen. Amen. And we have a studio audience who's here. You're here and we're all hungry for what God has to say. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind because we know this that how we think affects every facet of our life and every arena of our life. The word said, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, in other words, that we are seeing lived out in our life the way we think. And if we want something to come up in our life, then we have to come up in our thinking. And thank God the Word is the lifter. It lifts our thoughts. Amen. Amen. And so we're so thrilled that we've been teaching on the mind. It's a subject that we are grateful to know how to grow more skillful in. Amen. And so we've been taking as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and look at this, a sound mind. Your mind was not forgotten about in redemption. That not only did Jesus bear your sin, he bore our sickness, he bore a tormented mind. So a sound mind is part of our inheritance in Christ. But just uh, just as we have to know how to walk, as healed people. We have to know how to keep symptoms off. We have to know how to keep challenges off our body. Even so, we have to know how to keep wrong thoughts out of our mind. We have to know how to keep right thinking in and wrong thinking out. Amen? Well, thank God for His Word. His Word is right thinking. Amen. It's the thoughts of God written down for us. And so we take those and we make them our own. The Amplified Classic Translation describes a sound mind and says it's calm. It says it's well-balanced, it's disciplined, it's self-controlled, which shows that we have a responsibility toward our sound mind. God gave us one, but we have a responsibility to hold it in soundness. And a diet on the Word and thinking right holds it in soundness. Amen. Uh, We're going to look next at Mark 11. And uh, one of the things that we have to understand is one of the most important things for every believer to learn in their life is how to answer opposition. Because every test is gonna call for an answer. Uh Every opponent, every adversary, Mm -hmm. every wrong thought, every uh, troubling thought is going to call for your answer. Amen, Amen. and we have to know how to answer things so much of the time. When people aren't taught, they just think that God will do something about what's coming against them. And God authorized us to do something about what's coming against us. He empowered us. Amen. So many times people are just waiting for opposition to go away. They're just waiting for the devil to leave them alone or to just simply stop. But faith doesn't wait for things to change. Faith answers and brings the change about by the Amen. power of God. Yes. Amen. Yes. Um, this is so important for us to understand. Our usefulness to God, it grows. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Our usefulness to God, it grows. Uh-huh. And it grows as we become more skillful at answering opposition. Yeah. Right. Yes. Amen. At standing our ground mm-hmm. when opposition shows up. Yes. I'm reminded of um, the testimony that Dr. Lester Sumrall used to talk about. Powerful man of faith, just a raw faith. He was an apostle of God, traveled all over the world and God spoke to him one time. Um, He had his headquarters at the time in South Bend, Indiana and God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to the Philippines. And he says, I'm gonna do more for you there than I've ever done for you anywhere else. So they picked up and they went to the Philippines and they started a church. But the thing is, they couldn't get a congregation together. You know, he would minister and people would, um, you know, he would get people born again and go to visit him and they'd given him a bogus address. And uh, so after six months of being there, it was just still him and his family. And one day he heard the report of a little girl that had been thrown in prison. She was an orphaned girl and uh, she had been thrown in prison, but she was being harassed and tormented by the devil. Uh-huh. And so they gave, out a, they gave out a call across the radio, if anyone can help this girl, come and help us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna go into all the details. It's a fabulous story. You need to, yeah. you need to get hold of it. Yes. It's, and Dr. Summerall called it uh, the testimony of the girl bitten by devils. Yes. And uh, so you can, I think, maybe even find it online somewhere. But in telling this, He heard the call go out for somebody that could come and bring help to this little girl. Mm -hmm. And when Dr. Summerall heard that, God spoke to him and says, I want you to go set that girl free. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Summerall said something because he had only been there, you know, several months in the nation. And there were other churches, other denominations there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said to God, he said, God, Send somebody else. In other words, send someone who's been here and has some kind of, if I could say this, history yeah. here in this country. He said, basically, I'm a newcomer. And uh, so he, God said, I want you to go set her free. And Dr. Sumrall said, send someone else. And God answered back and listen to what he said. He said, I don't have anyone else. Wow. Now listen to those words. God said, I don't have anyone else. Meaning this, God is limited by the channels he has available to him. Wow. That's great. That's right. Now, what did God mean when he said, I don't have anyone else? He meant this, is that uh, there were people that were saved. There were Christians, no doubt. Uh-huh. But he meant, I don't have anyone else who knows how to answer that opposition of that, of, of that demon tormenting that girl. Mm-hmm. He had people who loved him there in the nation, but he didn't have people who knew how to answer the devil. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, we become more useful to God yes. when we know how to answer wrong things right. yeah. and stand not only to answer them, but stand our ground. Wow. No matter how long it takes for things to change. Amen. Amen. Now you say, Pastor Nancy, I thought God loved everybody. God absolutely loves everybody. Everyone is of great value, but I don't just want to be a great value. Listen, what makes us of great value? Purchased by the blood. The value of the blood. It took the blood of the son of God to purchase us. That's how great the value of every, every person. But I don't just want to be of great value. I want to be of great use. I want God to be able to use me to help minister to others and bring that power to others. Amen? Amen. So our usefulness to God grows. As we grow in the knowledge of God and grow as doers of the Word, Mm then we grow in usefulness to God. Well, it's the same thing with a family. I mean, you know, God's family is just like a natural family in many respects. When a child is born, they are of great value, Mm -hmm. but you're the one working for them. (laughs) (laughs) They aren't bringing much supply of effort. (laughs) Everything is geared toward them. Everyone in the house is serving them. Yeah. They're not, they're of great value, but of not, they're not doing any chores. Right. They're not, not earning any money they bring in. They, everything they're taking and they're the target uh-huh. of, of, of help. Yes. Uh-huh. But they're not offering it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as they grow as they grow, they're not only, they're not only of value, but now they become of greater use. Now, as they grow, they can help in the family. Uh It's the same thing with the God's family. That as we grow in the knowledge of God, we're of greater help. Amen. We're of greater use and God can use us in ways that he couldn't when we weren't, when we were spiritual babies. So that's one of the reasons we want to grow up. I said, that's one of the reasons we want to grow up. Another reason is as we grow, we quit being pushed around by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. When you know some things and come into the knowledge and learn how to stand your ground, you're not being pushed around that's by right. opposition, pushed yeah. around by, yes. by things that oppose us. Amen. Yeah. Now, when we look at Jesus' earthly ministry, we see our example of what real faith does when it's faced with opposition. Jesus, being the son of God, he was not dismissed from having to answer and deal with Mm -hmm. opposition. He still had to answer things. Things didn't just automatically leave him alone. In fact, he was a magnet. Uh (laughs) He was greatly opposed. Uh Why? Because of what he carried. Uh He carried the anointing. He carried the life of God, the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so it made him a bigger target by the enemy. He was not automatically dismissed, but he demonstrated mastery and he demonstrated skill in the face of the adversary. So I want us to look at Mark 11, and we're going to start reading in verse 12. Mark 11 in verse 12 it reads, and on the morrow, when they now it's talking about Jesus and his disciples, Mm -hmm. when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. Listen to that phrase. He came to something expect, needing something. He came there because he needed something. Yes. He needed some food. Uh-huh. He came to it and when he got there, he found nothing. Have you ever opened up your checkbook and found nothing? Uh-huh. What do you do? when you're confronted with nothing. Uh, Jesus shows us he had to face a need and when he came to get his answer, there was nothing there. What do you do? So it says again, if happily he could find anything thereon, so he came to it and he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. Look at verse 14. And Jesus answered. What do you do when you're faced with nothing? You better start answering nothing. Why? Because nothing is talking to him. Uh This nothing that wasn't there, the absence of fruit said something to him. It said, you're not getting any of this. You can't have this. So he answered what nothing reported to him. He answered it. So whenever you... Whenever you face, you're faced with a need and you go to see an answer and you don't find the answer, you better start talking to That's it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. You don't find the finances. Don't say, oh my goodness, there's nothing there. No, answer it. That's right. yes. Answer it. Yes. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says again in verse 14, and Jesus answered and he said unto it. What did he say to? The tree. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus talked. To things. Yes, did. And that's what a sound mind does. Yeah. Amen. A sound mind talks to things. Yes. Why? Because it knows that even things will tell it something, maybe not in articulate words. Mm-hmm. But when this tree had nothing on it, that tree was saying, No supply from us, yeah. no supply from me, mm-hmm. no supply from that tree. And Jesus answered the tree. People would look, see you walk, maybe somebody walk up and see you talking to the tree and think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're sound. Yeah. They crazy. Because yeah. they're going to live without. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? No, it's not crazy to talk to things. Come on. Amen. And so Jesus answered and said unto it, said to this tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter yes. forever. forever. And his disciples heard it. He didn't say this to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did not direct a prayer to God. He did not ask God to do something about that tree. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to learn. You are authorized. Don't wait for God to do something when you're authorized to say something. Amen. 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 So, Uh, There's going to be needs that are going to show up in your life. Jesus had a need show up in his life. It is not a faith failure to have a need. Uh It is not a lack of the word working to have a need. Mm -hmm. Jesus had needs. Amen? Amen. And so this is what he did. Now, uh, verse 14 tells us he answered it. But it matters what you're going to do after you answer something. I said, it matters what you're going to do after you answer something. Yes, it is. Um, I want, if you would, um, let's look at verse 15 there. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Mark 11, verse 15, and I'm going to look at it over here. It says, and they, ca- and they come to Jerusalem. Ah, look at that. He answered it. Yes. And it says they come to Jerusalem. So what do we know what he did after he answered it? He walked off. He didn't stand there at that tree and wait to see if what he said worked. He answered it, got his attention off of the need. Got his attention off of what did not agree. And he answered it and he kept walking. Why did he walk off? Because he left his words with it. That's right. That's right. That's good. Now his words of faith are dealing with that tree. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's not there mentally measuring. Yeah. Is it happening? Right. Did anything change? Right. What's going on with the tree? He did not start calculating. Yeah. He did not start reasoning. Uh-huh. He left his words to do the work on that tree. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what do we do when we answer things? We expect those words to do a work. It's not us working it. It's the words. The words of faith doing work. The work, yes. he answered it and kept going. That is a huge aspect to the flow of faith. You answer things and then you walk off and keep going. Yes. Yes. You don't stand there and say, "Is the money showing? Uh-huh. Did the did the pain leave? Yes. Do I have more peace in my mind after I answered that thought?" Right. Ignore it. Keep off, Keep going. Yes. Just walk off and leave. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Don't stop. Don't slow your pace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't stop your progress. Jesus did not let that opposition, that tree, stop him and what he was carrying out. Opposition comes so you'll stop. Opposition comes to slow you down or hinder you. Faith just puts the words out there, lets the words work with that need, and it keeps on going on its assignment. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is where a lot of people make the mistake. They make the mistake of answering something, but then holding their attention on what they answered. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. yeah. Their, their attention is on the problem mm-hmm. instead of trusting that those words are doing the work. That's right. Amen. 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 He, didn't, he didn't answer it and then pause. Uh-huh. That's right. He answered it and progressed. Yeah. Oh, right. That's good. Amen. That's good. Some... If they have a pain, let's say if somebody had a pain in their arm and they answer that and then they go, well, no, it's still there. Mm-hmm. That's not the flow of faith. No, that's that's right, that's right, that's yeah. right. You answer it and then you expect those words do the work. Yeah. 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 Those words do the work. Yes, yes. Those words do the work. How many times have I been, and I've seen even in my husband, my husband, his, in his ministry, he had a strong healing anointing on his life. For years, he laid hands on the sick. We, you know, we do that still today, but I saw the front row seat mm-hmm. for years of watching him lay hands on people. And he'd lay hands on him, and he'd walk off, and then they'd go, no, no, I, the pain's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are they doing? They're pausing and checking their body instead of checking the Word. Yeah. 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 There you go. Amen. They didn't expect that that anointing that went in them was doing anything. They were going to check their body to see if their body gave them permission to be healed. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so this is the flow of faith. Yeah. This is the act of faith. Yeah. You have faith words in your mouth, the Word of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> What's, Hebrews tells us that the Word of God, it's alive. Yes. It's quick yes. is what the King James says, meaning it's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. It's alive. Yes. It's a living thing. Yes. And your faith is what activates yes. that living Word. Yes. And so when you speak words of faith, those words are a living thing. And you can walk off and leave that, those words to do the work. Yes. And if the thought comes after you walk off, nothing changed. So say, no, my words are working on that. My words are working on that. My words are working on that. The word of God in my words is bringing it to pass. You see, you answer it. You answer it. And so this is this great demonstration that Jesus showed us. He answered the need and then he walked off and let the words work for him. Yeah, he, yeah. We never have any record that he even thought about that tree again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Amen. 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 Nothing appeared to be different. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. He did not see any change in that tree. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. His words were left with it. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Jesus didn't bring that tree up again, but look at Mark 11 verse 20. Mark 11, verse 20. And in the morning, so now it's, it's gone overnight. They're walking back from Jerusalem. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree, look at this, dried up from the roots. Mm-hmm. Trees die from the top down, not from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. So it went a whole different direction. Yes. <laughs> the words went to the root. The words didn't go to the branch. Uh-huh. The words went to the root. Wow. The root was dealt with. And once that root was dead, everything on it died. Wow. Many times people are looking at symptoms to check if they're healed. That's just the branch. Yeah. Right. yeah. When, you st- when, you s- when you speak God's word to something, the word goes to the root of a problem, yeah. the root of a situation. Yeah. So in the morning as they passed by, verse 20, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Look at verse 21. And Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. Notice, Jesus didn't bring it up. He saw it. It says they saw the fig tree dried up. Yes. Jesus didn't even mention it. Why? Because when he left his words to him, it was already done. Yes. yes. Amen.
1: Yeah. Why
0: bring up an old subject? That's right. yeah. I mean, he didn't bring it up. They brought it up. Yeah. Amen. In so verse 22, now Jesus is going to tell them how this works. Mm-hmm. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God, or as the Hebrew originally says, have the faith of God. Excuse me, the Greek, because the New Testament was written in Greek, is originally have the faith of God. Mm-hmm. If you're born again, you have the faith of God in yes. you. Yes. So verse 23, now that faith needs to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. Yes. That faith needs to be protected. That faith needs to, it can, it can grow in strength, right? right? Now verse 23, he said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, not just him, mm-hmm. just whosoever, mm-hmm. shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. How are those things going to come to pass? By words. Mm-hmm. Yes. The words he left with the tree did the work. Yes. When you speak words in, in agreement with the word of God, those words go to work. Yes, thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 23, Jesus is telling us this things will obey you. Talk to them. Yes. Yes. That's what 23 is about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Things will obey you. Yes. Talk to them. Uh-huh. Even if others wouldn't. Yes. Yes. Even if yeah. others don't know to. Uh-huh. You know to because you saw an example yes. that things will obey you. Not just not just situations, things. Yes, 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 things yes, yes. will obey you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Amen. Wow. So when something... In your life needs to be changed. Talk to it. Yes. Yes. Amen. Verse 24, he says, Therefore, I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Notice this, verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met. Mm -hmm. What things soever you desire. Mm -hmm. Now he's not just talking about things, but anything you desire. It's not just things that are in your way, things that are trying to slow your progress, but anything, anything. you desire, this is how to, get, how to get your desires met, verse 24. And then, of course, he tells us the next verse what will keep this from working. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. Yes. yes. What, what will keep this from working? Unforgiveness. Right. Uh-huh. Unforgiveness is an enemy to your faith. That's good. It will keep your faith inactive. Mm-hmm. Yes. It'll keep it from working. It'll keep it from producing. That's right, right. And when you stand in, when you stand in praying, forgive if you have ought against any, any, look at that, any. Yes. Do you know that you're included in that any? Yes. Meaning you can't have unforgiveness toward yourself. You got to forgive yourself. Yes. Yes. You, when, if, when you do wrong, repent, yes. For First John one nine, if we if we if if yeah. if we confess our sin, mm-hmm. yeah. that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Once we've confessed it, He's forgiven us and He've, He's cleansed us. Now you have to forgive yourself. If you don't, your faith won't work. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes. Right. Amen. Not only do you have to forgive yourself, you have to forgive other people. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is you don't have to, you get to. (laughs) So that you're not living with Uh the troubling that comes from having unforgiveness in your life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Things will obey you. Desires of your heart can be met. Unforgiveness is a faith killer. It's a faith killer. Amen. Amen. That's why. Now, there are other things that will destroy your faith, uh-huh. but he's bringing out the primary place where people miss it mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. is in their, in their love walk, yes. uh-huh. in forgiving people. Mm-hmm. And you forgive people by choice, not by feeling. That's yes. right. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. You choose. <laughs> I need my faith to work more than I need my unforgiveness towards someone. Amen. Because at a moment's notice... I may need a miracle. I may need a victory. And uh, I don't want unforgiveness having been nursed in my life that I've got to deal with that before I can even receive my miracle. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, these are some of the things we're talking about in my book called Answer It. And so we ask you, invite you, get hold of your copy because I tell you, one hearing isn't enough. You gotta keep hearing over and over. So you can go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know you want your copy and we'll send it to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Defrane, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Colossians tells us that Jesus spoiled, defeated, and stripped Satan in his total conquest and victory over him. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at defrayministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store.